There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 8th of August 2012. For newcomers, I suggest you make good use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. You'll find lots and lots of free audios for download and you can start piecing the big system together for yourselves because it's laid out there for you. The big boys that basically rule the world or causing all the wars have been for a hundred years have a a goal, a world goal, of course, for total domination in the world. They've published lots of books about it themselves. Those who were involved down through the years with the big societies, they call it. And uh, you're going through the system in your lifetimes. Your parents did too. They were unaware of it. And even your grandparents were unaware of it as well. They just fought the wars that were brought on for you to fight. Because through wars, you get great changes. More, more done in five years of war uh, than 50 years of peace on a social scale. That's changing the cultures and everything else and giving more power to government. So wars are very, very handy for that. And the public don't complain when you're all being kept safe, obviously. So help yourself to the audios. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you, and you can help me keep going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughmidges.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use still personal checks. You can also use an international postal order from the post office, or you can use PayPal or send cash across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, or PayPal. And donations are awfully welcome because I don't bring on uh, guests uh, who are advertisers or who are selling things to the general public. And we are going through the, the, the biggest thing that's happened for many, many centuries, this, this world takeover of all resources, mind you, by the new feudal system. I remember that Carl Quigley and others talked about this feudal system since they were the historians of the, the Council on Foreign Relations, which is an American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs in London. And they have branches across the world, but they talked about this coming feudal system where corporations would be running the world, and they do, uh, because all the tops of the guys, the, the corporations, are all members of the same Royal Institute of International, for International Affairs, all of them. All the CEOs across the whole planet are members of this one organization. All your, your top uh, prime ministers and presidents across the world are members of it too, except the ones that are getting bombed right now. And um, they bring in central banking systems because, remember, it was central bankers or, or international bankers who started up this institute in the first place. And they believed uh, themselves that they were the, more superior, the most superior, uh, superior species on the planet already because the very fact they got so incredibly wealthy and they had edu- very good educations at the best uh, Ivy League universities. And they decided to, to bring in eugenics into the system as well. They would use society until the end of the, the industrial era and the consumer society. We're all post-industrial, post-consumer now, according to the same institute. And then they're left basically with the problem of what to do with all the people. They don't need it anymore because the ones at the top, you see, are very, very 
pragmatic, very practical. Uh, it takes a lot of a lot of their own time and think tanks to make sure that you've given the right culture for your for your particular generation. But that times to go over over the next uh, forty or even thirty years as you bring down the populations, bring in a new utopia, go into world government, and even talk about post world government in their own writings. Uh, even for the Defense Department because they run that too. And they talked about a, a system where after world government and the dying off of the unwashed masses, uh, the elites would go on with the technocrats and high scientific workers and very advanced scientific uh, city-states. That's where they want to go with all of this. It's all recorded. I mean, they put it all out in books and they put it out, as I say, even through the Department of Defense. So... We're living through uh, the last part of this as they take on uh, the countries that haven't gone under into their central banking system. And they also want to take out pretty well most of the Muslim world. They've got more countries to go, apart from the Middle East as well, obviously. They can either do it financially and collapse them or send their agitators and mercenaries in, as they've done across the Middle East too. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix and talking about this new feudal system that you're already under. You've been under for a long time, in fact. Uh, lots of them popped up and took over during World War II especially. And that's when they got your taxpayers' funding to go into chemical industries, etc., etc. And, uh, and the top CEOs often go in and out of politics all throughout their lives. And if they don't do that, they simply advise the politicians as what to do. That means they tell them what to do. Because, you see, as I say, they're all members of the Council on Foreign Relations. All of them. The whole lot of them. One, one organization that labels itself as a private, uh, not-for-profit organization, non-political, runs the world. And they don't play politics. They own politicians, but they don't play politics. They set out the agenda and make sure the politicians follow it, because they put their own politicians in. So that's very, very simple to understand for those who can get their mind around it, because the mainstream media won't really go into, into any depth at all. But one corporation, basically, one system, one organization is running the whole planet. And it has been since the late 1800s. Then they changed their name to something else, of course, the names that we know today. So get used to it because you've been in it all, all along. And uh, they, they did direct where the world is to go through the sciences they allowed to, they, us to have, basically, at the bottom level. They can never give you high sciences, all, always low sciences. They're always way ahead. That's how you maintain power and hang on to power. But um, there's an article here, for instance, about the, the GMO free-for-all, basically, as the, the biotech giants go, are going for whatever they want. Now they're getting it all. And remember, too, all this stuff is heavily laced with their pesticides, which they own as well. And uh, they've got a good part of the world sewn up already. They own about 70% of the world's food supply. They own it all now. And you understand how dangerous that is when, when a handful of corporations own the food supply of the planet. And probably if you really go into them, the, the same major shareholders will have the, 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 the controlling interest shares in each one of the companies. So really one group own all of these companies. One group. It says biotech giants are bankrolling a GMO free-for-all. And it says the so-called big six agrochemical companies, Monsanto, Syngenta, Dow Agrosciences, BASF, 
Bayer and Pioneer, which is DuPont, are sitting pretty. Together, they control nearly 70% of the global pesticide market and essentially the entire market for genetically modified seeds. Prices of the crops they focus on, uh, corn, soy, cotton, etc. Actually, they're going to any vegetables and everything. Believe you me, pretty well everything out there, especially in Canada, is already modified. This is they're soaring that the price is pushed up by severe drought in key growing regions. Higher crop prices typically translate to increased pesticide sales as farmers have more money to spend on agrochemicals and more incentive to maximize the yields. These companies operate globally and have gained a stronghold in the emerging center of industrial agriculture in Brazil. But the biotech-friendly U.S. is a profit center. They've got also, through the Rothschilds company, they've got it sewn up in India as well. They've got a big chunk of U.S. agriculture pretty well sewn up. The G, their, their GMO seeds dominate our corn, soy, and cotton crops which account for more than 53% of U.S. farmland and have won approval for GMO alfalfa, that's the hay, which accounts for another 19%, and the vast annual U.S. corn crop, which accounts for 40% of the groves corn most years is a particular bonanza, not just for GMO seeds, but also a stunning amount of insecticides, fungicides and herbicides, which go into the plants, by the way, and you end up eating them, because it's all throughout the cellular structure of the plants. That's why cancer is skyrocketing. But, says, but, but two things could mess up the big six here in the U.S. Any delay in the regulatory process for a new generation of seeds engineered for resistance to multiple herbicides. And two, any major move to require labeling of foods containing GMOs, a requirement already in play in many other countries, including the European Union, China, Japan, South Korea, and one for which the U.S. public has expressed overwhelming support. Unsurpri- unsurprisingly, the big six are investing millions of their vast profits into forestalling both of these menaces. This speedy deregulation of new generation herbicide-tolerant crops is important for a simple reason. Monsanto's blockbuster Roundup Ready technology, featuring corn, soy, cotton, sugar beet and alfalfa uh, seeds engineered to resist Monsanto's Roundup herbicide, is failing. The Roundup's resistant superweeds are galloping out of control through big farm country. Then this is only solution to the problem is to roll out seeds resistant to multiple, multiple herbicides at once, adding old toxic ones like 2,4-D and Dicamba to the Roundup mix. Roundup itself, now the most widely used herbicide in the U.S. by a wide margin, has long enjoyed a reputation as mostly harmless chemical, but that status has been quietly crumbling in scientific circles because they tell you it dissipates in a few weeks or so and literally lasts for about a year or two years in your soil. And, of course, it's highly toxic as well. But I'll put this link up tonight, plus another one to do with uh, the money that these big corporations are putting together to fight uh, labeling uh, for, the, for the people who consume. Uh, they don't want it labeled at all. In fact, they don't even want you to know that it's, it's altered in any way whatsoever. And um, they're putting big, big money up there, which will go into the hands of politicians who will, of course, uh, just, just toss any, any laws that are pending out the window so they can carry on as usual. But it's, that's how the world's run. It's, it's run by the big, as I say, CEOs, corporations, and so on. That's a feudal system because you don't elect corporations. But the corporations, mind you, can put their own boys into all of your, um, like the FDA and so on. They stock it up with them, and Big Pharma does the same. So there's not much, you know, you can do about that.
except grow your own stuff if you can and make sure you don't soak it with pesticides and uh, and try not to get the GMO stuff. Apart from that, they put the Terminator seed in as well, so the farmers have to go back every year cap in hand to buy the darn stuff. And that gives away your own uh, power over what you do when you go to the master. Uh, it's a beautiful feudal system you live in, it really is. It's really updated and well done. Now, I've got to look at these articles like Nestle, again, uh, it says, this is Nan HA1 Gold Baby Formula is Making Children Sick. Well, Nestle was in trouble last year and the year before because they were poisoning folk up throughout China by literally adding stuff to, to, to milk. It wasn't milk at all, and it was killing people off. And we all, all think of them because we watch all the ads for all their different products and think, oh, that's good, and so on, we laugh and chuckle. But, but these corporations don't give a darn what they put in your body, you understand. Apart from that, why, why are mothers now so dependent on, on corporations churning out the food for babies? Look at the third world countries. Did they have that stuff there? Did you, your grandparents have them? Of course they didn't. But now people can't think past it. Well, we've got to get the baby formula for the children. It's incredible how folk are so easily conned and trained. It, it really is. It's disgusting, actually, isn't it? But it says, um, Robert Paganin fed the new formula to his six-month-old son, Harry, for four weeks before discovering it was making his son sick. And uh, Nestle is conducting tests, so they do it themselves. They'll do their own tests, and then they'll tell what they want you to tell you. On a new baby formula recipe, after receiving complaints from parents that it's making their children extremely sick and agitated. Constant crying, rashes, dark green, watery poo, dehydration, and vomiting are amongst the symptoms babies have been experiencing since Nestle's NAN, that's N-E-N, and then it goes H.A, one gold switch to a new improved recipe, which means cheaper to make. You know, that's what that means. And it says, um, Sarah Wells from uh, Launceston in Tasmania put her 10-week-old son Oliver on the new formula and said she immediately noticed the bad side effects. A week after being on the formula and the second can, Oliver's face broke out in nasty eczema, Ms. Wells told the, the, the newscasters. And she contacted Nestle and was told by customer service rep that the babies often have reactions when switching to a new formula. They'd offered a $50 gift voucher. Oh, <laughs> they really believed it all really stupid at the bottom, eh? And Robert Pagan from uh, Blackburn North in Victoria fed to his child and so on, and it made him sick as well. Within 40 hours of changing, he was fine. He was drinking the bigger bottle and finishing it, whereas in the other one, he was refusing to drink, Mr. Pagan said. So even the, the babies have got more sense than the parents. I'm extremely disappointed, disgusted, etc., etc. So anyway, the, the thing is, as I say, they'll put any rubbish in the food. They already have. We know they're loaded up with xenoestrogens and baby formulas. You hope you all know that which literally affect the young male especially. Uh, I can't make the girls too more aggressive when they get older, but it really affects the young males and makes them, uh, it stops their, their hormone system working properly and they don't develop properly throughout their lives. They take strange fads and things when they get older. Anyway, I'll put these articles up tonight for those who, who can think for themselves. But as I say, they can train people to, to, to believe in anything and it's a normal thing. They put all these ads on television, little smiling babies, yada, yada, yada. And people fall for it all. They, fall, they forget this is a big corporation that's going to make things as cheaply as possible for themselves and maximize the profit regardless and get away with whatever they can get away with. That's what all companies and corporations do. So start thinking for yourselves or you're gone, basically. Now, people who try to get out the truth in different ways 
because of all the experiences that I've had watching autism, for instance, uh, are, are now getting really warned by big governments to do if they put up any claims against, say, the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccinations, for instance. It's awfully been awfully well documented by different scientists to do with autism. The child is fine before the shots, and then they start to regress as soon as the shots have, have uh, taken effect. This is a website offering parents advice on vaccines have been ordered to remove information about the MMR jab after claiming it could be linked to autism. So they've been ordered to remove it, right? Babyjabs.co.uk said the three-in-one jab may be causing up to 10% of autism in children in the UK. But the Advertising Standards Authority ruled the claim was misleading and must not appear again after getting a complaint. Now, the Advertising Standards Authority are the same guys who make sure you get all, they pass all the ads just to show you how great Monsanto's food is and everybody else's food is. It poisons you and gives you cancer. Everything is not, is corrupt and it's not what you think. There's nothing out there officially that, that is what you think it is. And I'm not kidding about that. There's nothing. It says website was also told not to repeat uh, other claims made about the MMR. These included the suggestion that most experts now agree a large rise in autism has been caused partly by increased diagnosis, but also by a real increase in the number of children with autism. And another claim said the vaccine strain measles virus has been found in the gut and brain of autistic children, which is true. It came out not long ago. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the midges, talking about the measles, mumps and rubella vaccinations and the controversy that's been going on for years, uh, because you're, you're fighting big pharma that makes the vaccines and you're fighting the medical establishment that gets a lot of kickbacks as well. And of course they don't want to get sued for, if you have to admit they've actually caused autism. And, um, and uh, the telling folk now, just the authoritarian society that we live in, uh, don't put up any counter-information about this. Uh, it's all perfectly fine, and it works just dandy, etc. Anyway, it says here, uh, defending the claims, baby jabs referred to the study from 2002, which concluded it could not be ruled out that there were some children who had an increased risk of autism if they were vaccinated. The website which promotes single vaccine also cited the book called The Truth About Vaccines, written by Baby Jab Medical Director Dr. Richard Halverson, which made similar claims. In the judgment, the ASA noted that the website made clear that the original allegations of a link between MMR vaccine and autism by Andrew Wakefield were, was strongly rejected by government and the medical establishment. But it said consumers were likely to infer from the website's claims that the vaccine might play a role in the increased number of children with autism. And that's one article about it. And uh, this, there's actually two I've put up here, one's in the mail online as well. I'll put that link up tonight too for those who want to, to peruse it. And uh, it really is, everything really is propaganda, isn't it? Uh, you don't understand everything that you hear from mainstream is propaganda. There's not a single truth on anything comes from any government establishment. It goes through their own propaganda wings of, of marketing, and they call it P, public, PR, public relations, uh, because to make things sound acceptable to you. So they lie a lot, in other words. They're taught how to put a good con across. That's what marketing and public relations means. And I've mentioned it before, and people don't understand this as they're trying to fight um, a system a system which has many branches, but it's all the one system, one agenda. 
And they, they constantly throw us buckets of news every day. So we can go, oh, good Lord, look what they're doing to us today. Oh, my God, they want us to do that next and blah, blah, blah. And that's really what's come down to even patriotism, unfortunately. It's just like little rats. They see the guys in a white coat every morning and have a quick chatter. What are they going to do to us today? That's It doesn't change anything. And I've watched this for years. Nothing has changed anything or stopped or slowed this because most folk, even in the Patriot Movement, don't know what they're up against. It's massive psychological warfare with an a absolute agenda, with the same people who are causing wars across the world. Now, across the world, they're slaughtering folk. I hope you realize that. We don't think of it that way because it's kind of far away and it's out of our reach and it's, we don't want to think about nasty things. But believe you me, these same people decided a long time ago they would alter the, your own cultures until you would accept more and more and more stuff, which in, in the right minds, that's what Huxley said, in your right mind you would not accept. So they're going to change your right mind to the wrong mind to suit themselves, you see. And it's all been done. Now here's an example of the cultural decline and debasement. This is former Boris Johnson, that's the Mayor of London, aid cleared of possession of extreme pornography. Now, what's extreme pornography? So, Barrister Simon Walsh, who was 50 years old, is acquitted over images that the prosecution argued showed activities likely to cause bodily injury. So, the barrister's lawyer had been acquitted of possessing extreme pornography in a landmark case over the boundaries of what can be described as extreme. Now, what is extreme today? Children being brought up with pornography on the internet, for God's sake. You know, all kinds of it. Hollywood turns it out. They churn out the pornography as well as, as mainstream movies. Because their job is to destroy society. They don't really play with their minds. Anyway, says the jury was unanimous and took less than 90 minutes to clear Simon Walsh 50, a former aide to London Boris, uh, Mayor Boris Johnson, and who served as a magistrate and alderman in the city of London. A city is a big banking place. It's literally good sovereign independence in the country. After a week-long trial, it says here, the case is believed to be the first to address whether images of, listen to this, this is mainstream, folks, of anal fisting. See, homosexuals like to stick fists and arms up people's orifices, you know, the other guys. A sexual practice which is legal, and urethral sounding, they call it, sticking things up your, your the little thing that you play with if you're a tiny little boy, you know. And extreme pornography, as defined under the conversational section 63 of the Criminal Justice and Immigration Act of 2008. Earlier this year, Michael Peacock was acquitted of charges under the Obscene Publications Act of 1959 of distributing obscene DVDs, which featured fisting, bondage, discipline, sadism and masochism. And in Canada, the guy a month or so ago, he's, he was killing his victims and kind of eating them and also using body parts to do things with his own particular anus. That's rather extreme, I'd say, but that's how it goes when you bring down the culture to the, to the pits, you see. Henry Walsh was charged with possession of six email attachment images which were found by police on, uh, not found by police on either his work or home computers, but was on a Hotmail server account he set up to receive and send sexual messages. The Oxford-educated Walsh was sacked from his position on the London Fire Authority on his arrest in April last year. He was a man of impeccable character who had made an outstanding contribution to society, the court heard, 
and had previously, I guess they'd done, gone, gone beyond things that man had done before, and had previously chaired the City of London Corporation Police Authority, of course, and Licensing Authority. He'd been unable to work as a barrister or lawyer since his arrest on the charges, which carry a sentence of up to three years in prison. His lawyer, Matthew Buckland, told Kingston Crown Court that the case raised issues of private personal encounters and how we view them in an inclusive democracy. What democracy? What democracy? I'll talk more on this case because, you see, this is a trial case to go further with your your cultural degradation. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, and back. We're cutting through the matrix talking about this is a trial case that's going to change an awful lot of behavior again, allow even more uh, strange behavior to go even further. And uh, as I say, this particular barrister or lawyer was charged with these particular um, issues. Anyway, it says here that Walsh faced five charges under the 2008 Act, which stipulates images are extreme if they're grossly offensive, disgusting, or otherwise of an obscene character, and if they portray in an explicit and realistic way any act which results in or is likely to result in serious injury to a person's anus, breasts, or genitals. It makes crazy you even have this, this case because... As every doctor as well know, what happens uh, to, the, to the weeping anus, as they call it, and so on, after all this fisting, because it destroys the, the, the sphincter muscle uh, and things like that. So this, is, you know, anyway, it says, but this is not the point. The point is, is to get this passed, make it okay, and to go further, you see. And they can teach more of this in schools, the youngsters, and so on. The prosecution claimed three images found in attachment in Walsh's scent box showed un. Uh, urethral sounding, they call it, where a medical instrument is inserted into the tip of the penis to stretch the urethra and stimulate the prostate, acts that were likely to cause injury to a person's genitals. The two images showed, showed anal fisting, which is likely to cause injury to a person's anus, it argued. The defense argued there was no evidence of any serious injury in any of those images and that the activities were, well, who, who looked after them? I mean, did anybody examine them? No. Walsh had taken the usual sounding images himself, a New Year's Eve party. Imagine sticking these things up your willy, you know, and set them on only uh, to other participants at the party. A sixth charge of possessing an indecent image of an underage boy related to the attachment sent to Walsh, which showed a sexually aroused male with a ligature. Walsh told the court he had no recollection of ever opening the attachment. Why well, he was told to say that, right? The defense claimed the image was not a child but an adult. It was also not possible to prove Walsh had opened the attachment the court heard. This is Walsh's hotmail username is City Fister with the password SCAT, which is poop, by the way, and was a registered user of a social networking website called NastyKinkyPigs.com, admitted to police he had an interest in BDSM. He had practiced fisting, but did dispute the claim that images were extreme pornography. So the whole point is this is not extreme pornography. This is the whole point in the case here as he pushed the envelope to the next level. And um, that's what it's really really all about. This other article is called Extreme Porn and Fifty Shades of Grey, because you see, and it actually has to determine that this stuff is now normalized in society, in the culture. Well, it probably is now, I bet you it is. The school children are brought up with it, they get taught that in school. And they're taught too that maybe something wrong with you, you haven't tried it. And uh, 
They can even see therapists if they're confused, you know. And, of course, as I say, the porn industry just keeps churning up more and more and more of this stuff. Because, you see, to be totally ruled in every way at all, you have to be utterly degraded. And it, it destroys your culture, it destroys the, the bonds that hold you all together as a culture, and the culture can't stand, you're easily managed then, because you're totally screwed up. <laughs> so this, it talks about with the average, um, uh, this article here, it says, um, an openly gay barrister, magistrate and alderman for the City of London, again the big financial capital, the sovereign City of London, has today been acquitted of possessing five images, etc., etc., and then he, they go into it too, that what is kinky today? What is abnormal today in this article? And they, they talk about these things are all normalized now. See? So I'll put this other link up too, so you can see both of them for those who've got the stomach for it. But it really is just to push the envelope, as I say, into more bizarre and bizarre and bizarre activity. And uh, as I say, you're easily managed when everyone's into strange stuff. Plus, uh, the, the straight folk too are getting all this stuff, and um, I'll end up as well. That's, as I say, the promotion by, by, say, Aldous Huxley's brother, Julian Huxley, it's when he was head of UNESCO, he said they'd push all this stuff. 40, 50 years ago he said this. And he says they must destroy marriage altogether. And you do it by bringing them down to the most basic level by all of this stuff here, you see. And that's why it is the big agenda. And that's why the guy got off with it all. And it says, uh, men are minded status in society. Now, this gets on to eugenics again, because the boys at the top of the set are really big into eugenics. And they, they put up books 50, even 60 years ago, maybe even earlier, about the time would come when they ran their scientific society, that they would make sure that everyone who wanted to get married, if they, or even just have offspring, um, they'd have to have gene tests to test both parties to see if they were compatible and they produce a better type of approved type, in a way, governmental approved type of child. So scientists predict uh, eugenic society will be here in five years. The gene test to determine lovers' compatibility. We're heading into a new era of eugenics in the future. Instead of choosing to settle with partners we love, we need to be choosing them based on the compatibility of our genes, a leading scientist has warned. And it says, Professor Armand Leroy of Imperial College London predicts that the ever-declining cost of DNA testing means we may be heading towards a society that's based on genetic superiority. And uh, it says... Uh, it seems we'll be heading into the new era of eugenics where society will embrace genetic superiority and people will pick their partners based on genes. In a 1997 sci-fi film, Gattaca, I've mentioned that over the years, is about a genetically inferior man, which is normal, by the, a normal guy, living in a future society driven by liberal eugenics where babies are designed to have the best traits of their parents, takes on the identity of another genetically superior man in order to pursue his lifelong dream of space travel. It seems to be heading into this new era, uh, and it says here, Leroy told the Euroscience Open Forum, this is a big, a big scientific gathering every year there, in 2012 in Dublin, that he expects that in five to ten years it will become standard practice for young people to pay access, pay to access their entire genetic code. Naturally, the future generation's desire to have a healthy baby will then lead them to request access to view the genetic blueprint of any prospective long-term partner. He told researchers attending the major science conference in Dublin that with information, future couples could then use IVF to weed out offspring with incurable disease, like abortion, in other words. 
However, he added, it's unlikely that people will have the luxury of using the technology to develop babies by intellect or eye colour, but will instead focus on stopping genetic diseases. That Well, they'll use that as the excuse, of course. They already are using that as an excuse to abort. Speaking in a session titled, I Human, Are New Scientific Discoveries Challenging Our Identity as a Species? Laurie said the cost of genetic sequencing has been falling so quickly it's going to become very, very accessible very soon. As an example, he said that the cost of genetic sequencing in a person has fallen from $1 billion more than a decade ago to about $4,000 today. And then they go on to talk about probably... The, the health service to the National Health Service will bring it in as well. Well, government wants it to be brought in because, remember, uh, the big boys who designed this system a long, long time ago, the eugenicists said that eventually the government would, would make sure that the kind of children and offspring in obedient, for an obedient society, uh, the government would be involved in that mightily, and that they certainly, certainly will be if they're not already, in fact. Uh, they're already dumbing down the children big time with injections and so on, as far as I can see with all the studies that have been done. Uh, and they drug uh, ones who, who have, have got are a bit brighter uh, to make sure that they're out of the picture as well. They won't cause governments any problems. The rest of them are pretty happy playing with their, their electric gadgets. And so they're pretty, they've achieved quite a lot, actually, as they said they would. And of course they would, because there's no opposition to it. Most folk don't even know what's going on. Anyway, says, the search for an essence is a 2,000-year-old myth. What we're left with is a sense of capacity in the role of genes and the way they give us these things. He added, I'm certain genome sequencing will be available in the National Health Service within our lifetimes. It's going to be very, very accessible very, very soon. And then it goes on with some other comments and so on from different people. Of course, they have the Christian one that jumps in. The Christian Medical Fellowship said the society must recognize and resist the eugenic mindset our society's increasing obsession with celebrity status, per, uh, physical perfection, and high intelligence fuels the view that the lives of people with disabilities or genetic diseases are somehow less worth living. And of course, that's a, a truism as well. Because in this society, if you're non-productive, remember the United Nations said a good global citizen is a producer and consumer. That says it all right there. If you're non-productive, they don't really want you around. And this gives this added fuel and weight to it as they go into eugenics big style. But that is a system for Brave New World. And uh, as I say, the boys at the top want to produce obedient, happy and obedient uh, people at the bottom. And that will come too. Now I mentioned last night and last weekend, I mentioned uh, a good article written about uh, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, and how literally they're behind all of these wars that have been for, for a long, long time in the Middle East and elsewhere. If you go into the, the, the older books, you'll find they helped set up uh, Hitler for Germany uh, through uh, the financing, the, their own system. They, they owned the central banks back then and the private banks, so they could finance Hitler, and they created IG Farben. And they also set up the communist system as well, because they've done big experiments in the past to make sure, to find out what's the best system to have in the end run, you see. And that's where we are today, in the end run. But um, I mentioned too that all the spokespeople for the wars that are shown on television, media and so on, all belong to the to the same organization, the Royal Institute for International, for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations. And this article here, is written by one of their senior fellows for the Middle Eastern Studies for the Council on Foreign Relations. It says, Al-Qaeda's Spectre in Syria. 
The Syrian rebels would be immeasurably weaker today without Al-Qaeda in their ranks. By and large, free Syrian army battalions are tired, divided, chaotic and ineffective. Feeling abandoned by the West, which they're not, rebel forces are increasingly demoralized as they square off with the Assad's regime's supreme weaponry and professional army. Al-Qaeda fighters, however, may help improve morale. Remember, this is Al-Qaeda that was supposed to be blowing up the world, took the towers down, all this stuff, according to Rumsfeld at the time, which is nonsense. The influx of jihadis brings discipline, religious fervor, battle experience from Iraq, funding from Sunni sympathizers in the Gulf, and most importantly, deadly results. In short, the free Syrian army needs Al-Qaeda now. So they're all behind it, the Council on Foreign Relations, the guy that gives you all of your media, because all mainstream media, uh, the top reporters, all belong to it. The editors belong to the Council on Foreign Relations, the guys who own it are the Royal Institute for International Affairs. They own all your media. They give you your reality. That's why they can turn the bad guys into good guys overnight. And, and, you, you do, and so well, too. And most folk, you know, suddenly just change without thinking. Yeah. That's how it's done. Very simple. Now, going back to Bernays. Bernays, again, came from a society. He belonged to a society uh, that was already in to, uh, to finding out how people's minds work en masse. To handle the masses. He didn't come out with, Bernays didn't come out with this stuff himself or his uncle, uh, Sigmund Freud. Uh, but anyway, that's another story altogether. But uh, we've been understood for thousands of years by a certain society that's dealt with all countries and sold them pretty well everything under the sun. Still is, in fact. But anyway, what Bernays came up with was for his clients, Big Pharma, other, other organizations, he'd open up uh, an office somewhere, any little storefront would do, anywhere would do, even someone taking in their home could do it, and, and give it a fancy title, uh, like scientists for so-and-so, and they'd be called specialists. Then he'd hire scientists just to have their name on, on their letterhead, and um, one secretary would be employed, that's all you need for staff, and she would just answer any queries that came in. And... Um, of course, the public think, oh, well, if the top scientists are all for this, etc., it must be okay. Well, this is what happened to, to do with, uh, mam- mam- mammography for breast cancer. It was pushed like crazy by the big boys themselves. You understand the big boys, DuPont and the whole bit are involved in, in X-rays. You know, you know that. They, they make the, the X-ray film because it's a byproduct of the, of the explosives industry for warfare, which they're into. It's nitrocellulose they use for making those X-ray sheets that you see. And a lot of other big corporations are into it too. So they've profited mightily from massive campaigns and X-rays that give you cancer, actually. And I read the article uh, last week about how now now they're admitting, well, yeah, it can be giving you cancer too, and apart from that, it doesn't detect anything. But the the British Medical Journal op-ed says, the Komen ads. Komen is an organization set up, just like Bernays said they'd do. There'd be a charitable organization with experts in it that would promote it, you see. Multi-million dollar industry. So it's the world's largest breast cancer charity, you see. That gives you all your information about it. Used misleading statistics and deceptive statements about mammography to promote breast cancer awareness and screening, authors of an opinion piece asserted. In promotion material for the 2011 Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Susan G. Komen for the Cure, as it's called Komen for the Cure, uh, suggested large differences in breast cancer survival amongst women who undergo screening mammography and those who don't. 
specifically at the ad state, the five-year survival of 98% when breast cancer is caught early and 23% when it is not. In doing so, the organization ignored a growing and increasingly accepted body of evidence showing that though screening may reduce a woman's chance of dying from breast cancer by a small amount, it also causes major harms. Well, goodness me, all the early uh, guys who dealt with x-rays, for instance, all died off of cancers. Like they just found out that causes cancers, eh? That the disbenefit of mammography looks so big that it's hard to imagine why anyone would forgo screening. Uh, she'd, she'd have to be crazy. Stephen Woloshin, MD, and Lisa M. Schwartz, MD, of the Department of Veterans Affairs Medicals Cancer in White River Junction, Vermont, and the Dartmouth Institute for Health Policy and Clinical Practice in Lebanon, NH, wrote an article published online in the British Medical Journal. But it's the advertisement that is crazy, they added. In response to the BMG article, Susan G. Komen for The Cure issued a statement from the Chandini uh, Porteous, Vice President of Research, Evaluation and Scientific Programs. Naturally, see, she's, she's still pushing it. But the fact is, uh, the British Medical Journal is not some little comic. It's one of the top journals in medicine. So, so at least they're coming out with some stuff uh, after many years of conning the public uh, of all of its massive benefits. You find a lot of women, too, who've had chest problems before, lung problems when they were young and got lots of x-rays, end up getting uh, breast cancer. And so they're going to use x-rays to, to find that you've got cancer. Yeah. Anyway, now Canada, every country is the U.S. and every country with a central banking system that are owned by the same boys, has been dishing cash out to, to the International Monetary Fund to supposedly bail out Europe because we're all in it together, they say, in the Royal Institute for International Affairs. You know, so we're all in it together. We've got to save ourselves by throwing money in the black hole. It's not going nowhere. It's going into pockets, obviously. It's not disappearing. But they can't stop the ship from sinking, so they need more and more cash. The whole intention, as Carl Quigley said for the Council of Foreign Relations, is to create um, a massive centralized bank for every quadrant of, of, of blocks that trade with each other. And it'll all be under the, the Bank for International Settlements in Switzerland. That was the plan he wrote about back in the 60s. That's what they're bringing out of this very crisis. Remember that what they always say in that organization, we can, make a, take, we can use this, this crisis to our advantage. That's how they do everything. They create the crisis and then they use it to their advantage. Back with more after this break. And on what we're back cutting through the matrix. And as I say, Canada is uh, refusing at the moment to give any more cash out to the European so-called debt crisis. Now, we'll take Warner, who's out in New Brunswick, uh, Canada, uh, who's hanging on the line here and, and see if we can hear him. Are you there, Warner? Yeah, good, e- good evening, Alan. Uh, earlier right, yeah. in the program, you mentioned there about uh, the uh, in agriculture there with the GM modified and the detrimental effect it has. Or anything, yes. or anyone who consumes it, and mm-hmm. uh, then uh, the uh, uh, the uh, pesticide residues in the soil. Uh, mm-hmm. I have been uh, following this up and documenting this now for nearly 40 years, and uh, uh, they create basically a muddled picture where they uh, booby trap the soil, 
uh, with uh, different chemicals. And uh, only the insiders know what is all being done. And uh, when I approached it uh, now for the last uh, 30 years through the Department of Agriculture, I was getting, uh, getting the runaround and uh, was being mocked about and so But I have now so much documentation. And uh, as I say, when I came here to Canada, I was familiar with the effects of uh, different agricultural chemicals, herbicides and so And uh, it made me just furious the way those so-called experts in the Department of Agriculture had been uh, Bamboozled, you know, the old-fashioned farmers that were farmed sustainable, that were farmed organically, you know. That's right. But uh, I, something where I stuck my nose on uh, lately, I was looking at telephone numbers of uh, different uh, institutions and uh, government offices. And uh, uh, I just uh, looked at the, uh, the main switchboard number for the New Brunswick Department of Agriculture in Frederick, you know, the, uh, the minister's uh, uh, office. And the main uh, switchboard number, the telephone number is uh, 8532666. And uh, how easier to, forward, uh, to further their agenda about uh, manipulating people, uh, even uh, chemically, as through food, through water, and through the air we breathe in. Yeah. You know, and uh, the yeah. effects of... Uh, what is being introduced and uh, what is being uh, inhaled or, or, uh, or eaten, uh, they are known to basically only to the insider. And here it comes in yes. with the Hegelian dialectic, you know, uh, mm -hmm. set out all kind of booby traps. And uh, yeah. the ordinary people cannot uh, figure it out. But the insider, they know how to deal with it. And I've uh, now for nearly 30 years, I've tried, uh, went out on the truth, had uh, samples uh, uh, tested by, by other laboratories uh, than the Department of Agriculture. But uh, I might, uh, might have uh, been uh, success, successful the first time, but when I went the second time, a, I found out there's a whole network, and they inform each other. And even when you go to private labs, most of the time you don't get any results. They screw it up. They charge you with a big, uh, with a big bill, and uh, basically they want to uh, send you on white goose chases and exhaust you financially this way too. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and also too, the, the key is too that the big boys themselves do not eat the stuff. Even the Monsanto workers will not eat the, the stuff that they grow themselves. And neither the politicians; they have access to organically grown food. And uh, when you get up into politics, you get your card that allows you to get uh, a great supply of organic stuff. They do not eat what we eat. And even Tony Blair said that himself when he made it mandatory that they eat it in Britain for the public, but the politicians in their own cafeteria would not have the, the, the GMO food put there. So they know darn well what they're doing to us, Warner. But uh, thanks for calling, and, and you're right on with it. From Hamish from Frontier Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.